Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. On today's show, I want to touch back and revisit the topic of concussions. But surprisingly, I'm not going to talk about concussions and football. Rather, I want to talk about a disturbing trend regarding girls who suffer concussions. More specifically, there was a recent medical study published by a a doctor at Northwestern University who says that girls who play soccer suffer a much higher incidence of concussions than boys do, even those boys who play football. Now, this study, which looked at 41,000 injuries to high school athletes in nine popular sports between 2005 and 2015, and it included 6,400 concussions. During that time span, the concussion rate for girls' soccer was higher than in football. And it seemed to be increasing in the more recent years from 2014 and 15. Okay, now if you're a sports parent of a daughter who is, for the most part, grateful that your girl doesn't play football, and at least theoretically then is a long shot for a concussion, when a study comes along saying that playing girls soccer is more dangerous in terms of suffering concussion, that's got to sort of make you sit back and think. I mean, that is, we all know that any kid can suffer a concussion at any time in any sport. But this new study is suggesting strongly that girls' soccer is is much more populated with concussions than playing football. By the way, I'd be curious to know what the concussion rate is for boys playing soccer. I imagine it's fairly high as well. But in any event, what's causing this spike in female concussions? Is this all due to excessive heading of the ball in soccer, or is the heading being done incorrectly? Should the girls, and now we've asked this question before, but should the girls be wearing more protective headgear? Now, I know some girls wear protective headgear in soccer after they suffer a concussion, but should they all be wearing protective headgear now before they have a problem with their heads? And of course, is there just too much physical contact in the game of girls' soccer. I'm talking, obviously, at the high school level. And, of course, the, the the next question is, how much should parents be concerned? How alarming is this trend? Now, you know, because the most part, I think it's been assumed that uh, female concussions were fairly rare. Now it turns out they're more common than we think. And in addition, along these same lines, I know there's been a lot of talk in recent months about girls' lacrosse and girls being told to wear headgear to protect them from concussions. But from what I can tell, 
even some schools, uh, even though some schools make the protective headgear mandatory on lacrosse, this trend isn't really taking off in a big way. Even though I can tell you from years and years of watching my own two daughters play high school lacrosse that there's no question that getting hit in the head by a stick or an errant pass is alarmingly routine in lacrosse games and, and practices. Anyway, I want, to, I want to discuss this today about female concussions in both soccer and lacrosse because it's now this topic's now becoming more and more mainstream. It's really beginning to bubble up and cause some people to ask questions. And, of course, I'll, I'll take your calls here at our toll-free line, one 337 That's uh, brought to you by Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, one world-class destination with unlimited possibilities. In fact, going back to lacrosse for a second and discussing this issue of you know whether they feel that kids today should wear protective headgear in lacrosse, uh, both of them felt strongly that uh, doing that, making that into a mandatory situation, would be a mistake. And you know the routine that most most of the girls who play lacrosse say, no, no, no. If you do that, if you make protective headgear part of the the equipment in lacrosse, it's just going to make the game that much more aggressive. Now I've heard that. That, uh, that theory put forth several times in the past, but I, I, I want to know if this is now becoming something that has to be seriously talked about. Remember that traditionally, traditionally, girls lacrosse is considered a non-contact sport. Now, I got to tell you, I have never, ever believed that. And if you've ever seen a high school girls game, a lacrosse game recently, you got to feel the same way. It's very much a contact sport. And particularly at the younger ages, uh, before the varsity level, as, as the girls are just beginning to learn the sport, and obviously they have sticks and they're trying to you know control the ball with their stick and make passes and stuff, there's a tremendous amount of kids getting hit uh, with sticks in the head, concussion possibility. So I'm I'm concerned about that as well, and I'm also concerned, as I as mentioned, with soccer because apparently the study is pretty definitive, saying yeah, there's more there's more concussions in girls soccer than there are in in, uh, in football. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. As a parent of a daughter, what are you going to advise them to do? I'm not to play soccer or lacrosse, or just to play them carefully if you can do such a thing. I mean, what what do you think here? All right, let's let's, let's go to our callers. Let's uh, start with uh, Rob out in Lake Success. Rob, good morning. Hey, You're- good morning, Rick. Oh, oh, I love your show. Interesting topic, and, and and basically, I have a daughter who's a swimmer, but very different because swimming. That's not that's not going to be an issue. So, um, but I just want to just throw this out, and it really doesn't have to do with whether you're female or male. It's the the, the uh, what happens when you get a concussion. As we know, it's the the brain sits in in a fluid inside the skull, and any time the brain moves around, whether it's through any kind of contact, whether it's a heading of a football of a ball in soccer or, or male football player or anything, once that brain shifts around in the fluid, in the skull, it gets bruised. And once people understand what a concussion actually is, uh, when that brain will bump up against the bone, okay, the skull bone, that's what a concussion actually is. It's a bruise. Sure. And, Rick, the whole thing is, and this is a great question on the female, is it something, and I really don't know, I'm questioning, maybe someone else can answer this, Um, is it female anatomy? Is it that maybe... Uh, they, you know, their anatomy is a little different 
on on this, you know, compared to males. I don't think so. But I know that when you're growing and the bones are forming, you know, the skull does it closes after puberty. So, and that is that's as well as in males as well. So, I would like to know. Possibly is this in an, an, a, a female anatomical issue as well? But basically, I just want to throw out, Rick, that... Well, Rob, is. I will tell you this, and I, I think your question is a good one. Uh, you know, for example, and this is... this is We talk about the, the differences between the male and female anatomy. We know, it's, it's a medical fact, that uh, girls, women who, who play sports, uh, because of the way their body is put together... Uh, they suffer four to five times more ACL injuries. Yes, I remember that show you did on yeah, that. Yeah, well, doc, were, Dr. I, Robert Marks, and, and, and he said, this is just the way it is. There's nothing that we, it, this, it isn't that, it's just the way the human bodies are put together and the way they grow, but but women are going to have four to five times more serious knee injuries than, than boys are. And, is, you know, he, he, he Dr. Marks wrote a book about the fact that there's things you do to prevent it or try to prevent these kind of injuries. But the bottom line is just the way the, the body's put together. So maybe to your point, Rob, there's a difference with girls and, and their heads. Uh, you know, we know that the, the, the body, the brain, you know, grows at a certain rate uh, during those early years. I, I don't have an answer for this either, but I know it's something that people are concerned about. Great, great topic, Rick. You don't always listen to buddy. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Appreciate the call. And that's that's what we're talking about here. Let's 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 go on to uh, to Wayne up in Greenwich. Wait, uh, Wayne. Good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. How you doing, Tom? Good, good, good. Um, yeah, I have a daughter um, that plays um, field hockey actually, okay. and she actually had a she got hit in the head with the ball, which is harder than the crossball actually. Right. And she ended up having a they said a mild concussion. Um, and they don't, I was, I questioned, um, so I asked my daughter, I said, how come you guys don't wear, do they give you an option if you can wear a helmet? Mm-hmm. She plays defense and obviously the sticks are flying around, the ball's flying around. You don't know, you know, and it's like crazy. And I just, I couldn't understand. There should be some kind of alternative where you, you're, you can, can you be allowed to wear a helmet? To at least give you some kind of cushion, because they just wear basically like that um, the the face shield just to protect their eyes, and obviously they have a mouth guard, but there's no other protection for their head, basically. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it, it was it was oh maybe about uh, I'm gonna say 15 years ago. I know when girls lacrosse, they finally made goggles uh, to be mandatory, and there was a the discussion then like, do we really need to have goggles? Well, yeah, you do. I mean, just like field hockey, uh, lacrosse. Particularly the younger ages where kids are just beginning to master the sport. I mean, those, yeah, those sticks are flying around, and I think that's where a lot of these concussions take place uh, because of the fact that there's accidental contact. Um, and I, I just think that is a concern, and it's a, it's a real concern. Hey, Wayne, thank you for the call. You know, and that's that's what we're talking about. I I have a feeling that perhaps there's been so much attention placed upon concussions in football. Uh, that maybe we've overlooked these concerns in girls' soccer, in uh, lacrosse, girls' lacrosse, in field hockey. Uh, these are issues that, if you're a parent, you have to be aware of. Uh, as I said uh, a few minutes ago, my own two daughters have said, Dad, there's no reason to, to, to have a protective headgear in girls' lacrosse. If you do that, uh, they say, you know, that's just going to make the girls even more aggressive and, and not be so sensitive about the fact that they get the sticks flying around and the action in front of the net. 
I'm not sure that's the answer either. Anyway, let me let me let me take a time out. When I return uh, after these commercial messages, uh, we'll go right back to the calls because I want to get some sense from you about what what you're thinking and what should be done, if anything. One eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is our number. Dave Uram has your update. I'll be back with more. Stay with me. And we're taking your calls here at one eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's go to Brian out in Mineola. Brian, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning. Yes, Brian. Yeah, last week my daughter got a concussion playing soccer. Uh huh. And I've witnessed other concussions that have happened to girls in soccer. And uh, from what I see, it's the aggressive play and not heading the ball. Well, I was going to ask you: was, it, had she, was she with physical contact, or was it? How did she get hurt? Physical contact. She was. It was a dirty hit. She didn't have the ball. And uh, she slammed her head on the ground. Got it. And I watched it happen two years earlier to her goalie. At least the ball was in play at that in, in that play. Yeah. It was the same kind of play where there was physical contact. She got her. She got thrown backward and head slammed into the ground. Right. And uh, you know, concussions are no joke. She's out of school for two weeks, and she'd be lucky if she gets back to the athletic field by the end of May. Now, Brian, let me ask you, because you're going through this right now, obviously, obviously great concern about your daughter. Uh, when she does return to play soccer, uh, are, are you going to allow her or, or insist upon that having her wear some sort of protective headgear? Uh, well, we speak, spoke to the neurologist, and she said that protective headgear in this situation really wouldn't help. It's more the deceleration of the, of the head mm-hmm. more than the actual hitting of the head right crack and that the concussion would probably have happened anyway just because of the fact you said that the contact uh, of her head against the ground uh, causes uh, the concussion uh, let me ask you this Brian um, the because you felt that it was sort of a uh, well uh, a play that was uncalled for um, do you think the penalties the punishments for for players who cause concussions by knocking their opponents to the turf, uh, that the punishment should be much more severe or serious so that there's less of a likelihood that there's going to be aggressive play? Uh, I, I believe that poor refereeing and, and bad coaches are responsible for the increase in, in the uh, concussions you're seeing in girls' soccer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the number one and number two reasons that probably go together. Well, you know, I can't, uh, you know, the f- officiating is one thing, you know, but the coaching, you would hope that you said that the coaches would sit down with their with their players and explain to them that, you know, this is a concern and uh, it, it could happen to you as well as anybody else. Let's make sure that you go after opposing players. That's not the point of the game. The game is to go out there and go after the ball. Uh, there is going to be physical contact. That's the nature of soccer. And, and the question is, you know, how, how do we minimize uh, these plays from happening? I, I'm not sure there's an answer for that except to make the coaches to educate the girls about this does happen. You're correct. I think the, the coaches need to take a class and educate the girls as to this is, this can happen. Yes. And it's not worth somebody's, uh, somebody's well-being to get that extra goal to win the game. The All game right. is not worth somebody's well-being. Brian, I I, uh, I hear you, and I and I uh, I wish you the best in your daughter's recovery, and, and and thank you for the call this morning. I, I appreciate it. And I do would like to say that the referees, if they do not call 
small fouls in the beginning, the game escalates. And by them swallowing their whistle, the escalation takes place, and then somebody gets hurt, and then they find their whistle. Brian, that's a good point, and I'm glad you made it, uh, and thanks again for the call. Yeah, we do, for officiating, it is sort of understood that if you let the girls go out and play, and it's sort of, you're not using the whistle at all to keep them in, in check, you know, eventually there is a sense that you probably get away with more contact than usual. So I do agree with Brian that, you know, officials, let's be aware that there are, you know, uh, ramifications if you are very lax about making these calls. Uh, let's keep things very, very neat and clean right from the get-go. We know it's a competitive sport. The girls won't all want to play. But the fact that this new study comes out and says that there are more concussions in girls' soccer than there are in football, that's that's that caught my eye, and it's disturbing. Let's move on. Let's go to Tom over in Levittown. Hi, Tom. You're on the fan. Hi. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad kind of bringing this up after that last caller, but I guess my, my question to you is, I don't I don't know the answer, mm-hmm. is I know concussions are a serious problem, uh, and they could have long-term repercussions, mm-hmm. but is there a difference in severity of concussions that you get in football versus soccer? So in football, we see guys that kind of get laid out, and, uh, you know, they're unconscious for you. They hit the ground. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering if there's, uh, you know, there's more concussions in women's soccer than football, but is there a difference in, in the severity of the concussion? Does that matter for, for a long-term concussion problem? Tom, I'll say this. Obviously, I'm, I'm not a, a medical doctor, but it's my understanding that concussions come in all different gradations, whether it's uh, whether you're playing football or soccer or ice hockey, anything else. Uh, and yes, uh, you know, but there there can be very serious uh, concussions in uh, soccer, girls soccer in particular. Um, and uh, the biggest concern, above all, for the doctors tell me, is that is the getting a second concussion after you suffer a first one. In other words, the repetition of the concussions uh, tends to be the real concern that they have uh, as to the long-term prognosis for a youngster uh, to get better. Um, so, and yeah, I mean, we, we, there are cases where girls have hit the ground and have been knocked unconscious, uh, and basically they, they've had to stop playing soccer because even though they're talented and love the sport, they just, it's just too dangerous for them to go back and play again. It is a concern across the board, and again, they're all different types of uh, concussions. Some are milder, and I will say this too, Tom, the vast majority of doctors tell me that, that, that most concussions are not serious, that uh, the kids do heal, heal quickly, and they're clear to go back and, and play again. But again, you want to be aware of the fact that they don't, aren't, aren't repetitive in nature. That's, that's the real concern. Tom, thank you for the call. Let's go over to, uh, to Jack over in, in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Jack, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, Coach. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, love your show. Thank you. Um, like I said I, I, in the past, I, I've coached high school sports for 40 years. I'm now a private coach. Um, I had two sons that played um, high school ball at a high level. One was uh, signed by the St. Louis Cardinals out of Penn State. So I understand what this is. I also coached soccer for 33 years at the high school level. Okay. And every time you head the ball, it's a concussion. Correct. Whether you realize it or not. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, like you just said, was, was you hit it right on the head. When they're close together, five small concussions are not sm- five small concussions. They add up to a big concussion. And, you know, it's funny because my older son, who played pro baseball for eight years, 
Um, he also wanted to play football in high school. He was very fast, a receiver, so I allowed him to do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, if I would have seen the movie Concussion, and I researched the movie Concussion a little bit being a coach, and that was all true factual information about concussed heads. When a, when a person heads a soccer ball, they get a concussion because it's a minor, small one, but now you put five or six head balls together, and now back-to-back like you were talking, and those are concussions. And the one thing that we have to remember is that helmets were not meant to protect the brain. They were meant to protect the skull. And every time, like the gentleman before about his daughter, as soon as her head hit that ground, even before her head hit that ground, that jolt of the head, that quick movement of the head, separated the brain from its tissue, from that protective tissue. And, you know, once that happens often, these all add up. And that, you know, the football guys that hit every day, every day, they're banging heads. I mean, I watched watched one of the programs on TV about Dartmouth football. They don't have contact. They don't have contact in practice. Jack, but, yeah, as I said, Jack, let, let me look at a break here. But I, yes, and Dartmouth has been a leader uh, in terms of having no practices, uh, no contact during the practice during the week. I know the rest of the Ivy League has done that, and a lot of other uh, conferences have done the same thing, trying to, to reduce the impact uh, of concussions. Uh, and because they say that more concussions take place during practice than they do during the game. Yeah, so, Jack, let, you're right. Let me remember, thank you for the call this morning. Uh, You're more than welcome. Thank you, Jack. Uh, You know, the the fact is that, and I guess this is what I'm trying to focus on, that that there's been so much attention paid to football concussions, and and rightfully so, because obviously they they can be very, very serious uh, over the long term. But concussions happen in all sports, and obviously this new study is saying that it happens more in girls' soccer, and we've heard some callers already say, well, it's because of the fact that heading, every time you head a ball— you're getting yourself uh, basically a concussion. I guess that's that's probably true, and particularly with younger girls or younger boys, their their brains, their muscles, and their neck are still developing. This could have some real concerns. Um, and of course, uh, whether you're, if you're playing girls soccer, you get knocked to the ground or you bang your head, that's a concussion. You bang a head against an opposing player's shoulder, that's a concussion. These are real concerns. And obviously lacrosse the same way with sticks are flying around uh, and, and the hard rubber ball or in field hockey. These are real concerns that parents have to grip, have to really sort of come to terms with about what they're going to do in terms of letting their kids play these sports. All right, let me, let me take a pause. When I return, we'll talk more about this. I also want to tell you about a product that's come out which may do something. A common reminder that I'm in the process of uh, setting up uh, presentations for local communities and schools uh, for this coming fall. You can go to uh, AskCoachWolf.com for more information. Uh, we're talking about the rising trend of concussions in girls' soccer and in girls' lacrosse, and uh, we're taking your calls. Uh, before the break, I, I mentioned th- there's at least one product I'm aware of uh, that it might be worth checking out if you have a son or a daughter who plays lacrosse. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen something that's called Swax Lax. That's uh, S-W-A-X, Swax Lax ball, but it's something worth worth considering. It's The ball is the same weight as a regular lacrosse ball, but it, it's softer, 
and so theoretically, then it's it's safer to train with. It doesn't bounce like a traditional lacrosse ball, which is you know hard rubber. And I think the swag slacks ball that, that makes it a big help. Uh, if you have a youngster who's playing lacrosse, you ought to check it out. It's uh, particularly good, I think, for the training of of young goalies. Uh, and all you do is go to their website. It's swag slacks again. It's S W A X. Uh, LAX, swagslacks.com, and check out these 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 balls because I just think it's again it's helpful in terms of knowing what's out there if you want to you know work with young kids who are playing lacrosse and who may be afraid of getting hit by a hard rubber ball. So check it out now. Okay, let's let's get back to our callers about this discussion of concussions. Let's go to uh, to Rob over in Fairlawn. Rob, you there? Good hey, great show, my man. How yes, you doing? Good. How are you, Rob? Hey, I have a couple concerns about uh, the uh, concussion issue. I think we tend to think of it as like an external issue, that when the head hits the ground or when a head hits another head or a stick or a ball hits the head, yep. you know, we can protect that with a helmet, where I don't know that a helmet really does anything. I think really what we need to be understanding is that when you get a concussion, it's, it's that brain like you talked about in that, that cranial fluid shaking forward or backward or, you know, and up against the inside of the, the, the skull. Rob, there's no question, and I've said this uh, in previous shows on concussions, uh, we have to start from this, this baseline, and that is, right. there, is no, there, is no, there is no helmet on the market in any sport today that prevents exactly. concussions because it's not, you can't. It's the brain inside in, 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 the, in the cranium that sloshes around. Uh, right. and, and there's nothing that can be done to stop that. At least I'm not aware of that, and I know a lot nothing, of companies are trying to research that, but they can't, they can't stop that from happening. Exactly. I mean, I grew up playing Pop Warner all the way to high school football. I have two young boys, one's eight and one's three, and, you know, they'll play baseball and soccer and, and uh, basketball, and even those sports I worry about it, but I'm afraid of them playing football because, you know, the constant concussions that you suffer in that sport. And, you know, I'm worried that, that you know, at some point we're going to be watching robots playing all these sports because parents are afraid of their children getting concussed. And they keep them out of the sports, and then they don't learn it. And the next thing you know, we got like a 1980s video game where you got robot football. Well, I'm not sure about that, Rob. Thank, <laughs> th- thank you for the call this morning. I will yeah, say this. You. you bet. I, I will say this, that obviously the growing awareness of the long-term effects of concussions, uh, you know, that's all to the good over the last 5, 10, 15 years, because now we're aware of these issues uh, not to say that you know you can, you can prevent these things from happening, but I, I do believe that any any parent today who has a kid playing a contact sport is well aware uh, of these possibilities. We know about it in football. And again, today's show is to you know, make people aware of the fact that concussions, according to this one study out of Northwestern, is saying it's more pop, it's more common in girls' soccer than it is in football, and that's sort of surprising. Uh, Let's go to uh, Trevor in, in Connecticut. Trevor, good morning. You're on the right. fan. How you doing, Coach? Good, good morning. Good, Trevor. What's up? Hey, I have a question. All these new fields going in where nobody wants to cut the grass. They go artificial. They put all this rubber in the thing. I'm telling you, that is absolutely the worst thing possible. These kids need to be playing on grass fields. This is why we have the increase. And also, there's a tremendous increase in the rate of cancer for goalies in NCAA. And my son Jackson is actually going to be starting football. And we're going to go for a baseline MRI before he even starts to have his first hit. 
And I warn these kids, I tell them, don't leave your feet, boys. Do not knock backwards. I'm telling you, half of the concussions are from kids landing backwards on their back, hitting the AstroTurf, which should be illegal. It should not be used at all. Just because it's quicker, faster, easier, like the McDonald's generation we're growing up in. Uh, Trevor, I, I will right. say this. I will say this to you that you're smart to have a baseline test. Uh, you know, impact is is the studies that the, or the baseline testing operations that's available in most states, and you should do that for your son before they they go out and play any contact sport like football. I will also say though that. Just saying, well, you know, uh, artificial turf is the real culprit here. I'm not sure that's totally accurate because, yeah, if you hit your head back uh, on the ground, even in a, on a soft field like a field that's been, you know, been, uh, you know, grass, uh, you can still get a pretty serious concussion. It's just again, it's the it's the sudden impact on the ground, whether it's artificial turf or regular grass, that's going to cause a hit uh, because your brain is, you know, being, you know, sloshed around inside one's skull. That's the real concern here. So I I don't know if that's the real culprit, as as I said, but it's something obviously that people are aware of. Uh, But again, you know, all these, most schools now do have uh, the the baseline testing for kids before they go out and play a contact sport like football or, or ice hockey. All right, let me take a timeout. I'll have more. Stay with me. Bill, good morning. You're on the fan. Morning. Great show. Got three quick questions. How come they let the professional hockey players fight? During the games, yeah. How about uh, how about the Golden Gloves boxing, and then how about in college and high school wrestling? Uh, just an expansion on the concussions. Great program. I'll let you guys talk. How about extreme fighting? Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks, right? Bill. But great, great program. I'd like to know if the guy's sample included all of those sports, just to see what would have happened on the uh, numbers. Thanks for your great uh, program this morning. Bye. Thanks, Bill. Well, first of all, you mentioned Bill Rents of you know, other sports. Uh, like ice hockey, wires are fighting. I have no idea why they allow ho- uh, fighting in hockey. Um, you know, in fact, you noticed uh, certainly during the playoffs, the number of uh, incidents with fighting drops precipitously because obviously the hockey players know that uh, fighting will end up most likely with uh, with penalties and and power plays, and they don't want that to happen during the playoffs. As you know, in all other levels of ice hockey and, and youth hockey and high school. Uh, you know, college, uh, if, if you fight, you're banned, suspended for at least a game, maybe longer. So there's no fighting in those levels. I don't, you know, I guess there's some sort of sense of a gladiator, spectacular stuff with fighting at the pro level. But again, it doesn't happen much during the playoffs. And in terms of the, of the contacts and concussions, yeah, that's a real concern in that sport as well, particularly from, from guys slamming into each other and macking their heads on the ice. As the other sports, the same thing. Anybody who goes into uh, those kind of sports, uh, you know your head's getting pummeled. You're going to have a concern with concussions. And at least we're now focusing more and more upon that. So these people are aware of the risk before they go into this. Um, and again, I, I don't... You know, I don't think any of these sports, I'm not saying this is a good idea. Obviously, going back to lacrosse and and soccer and sports like that, at the high school level, no, we all want our kids to play. Uh, I'm not advocating we abolish these sports. Not at all. Just the opposite. We want our kids to play these sports. But I do think the time has come to have a growing sense of awareness and real, real attention paid, not only by the players and their parents, but also by the coaches and the officials as to you know, what we can do to prevent these kind of incidents from happening. Look, concussions 
do happen, and they will continue to happen. Uh, but again, it, it takes some little, some proactive uh, training here. For example, in soccer, uh, coaches, particularly at the youth level, you're going to have to really spend some time in teaching kids, uh, boys and girls, on how to head a soccer ball the right way. Because every time you head a soccer ball, uh, it's a concussion, and people know seem need need to know that. Uh, but again. Unfortunately, it seems to be just sort of part of the game that people say, well, that's the way it goes. Well, no, make sure it's taught the proper way so that you're going to minimize any sense of concussions. And obviously, as one of the callers said earlier, when it comes to officiating, use those whistles uh, to keep keep the players on the straight and narrow so you don't have a situation where kids are running around and, and becoming a little more aggressive than they should be and kids getting banged to the ground and knocking their heads. Uh, that's not necessary in sports like soccer. As far as lacrosse is concerned, as I said early on, you know, you basically, particularly with girls lacrosse, where they don't wear any protective headwear, or the basically the rules are, uh, you know, it's up to you if you want to use head if you want to wear headwear. Now I know some school districts uh, make it mandatory, but basically it, it's it's there are a lot of sticks flying around, particularly from girls who don't know have the don't have the skill level yet to play the game properly. And that's a real concern. Again, all this comes down to proper coaching and proper skill level. And I really think we're at a point now where we have to really pay attention if we want to make sure our kids stay safe and sound in the years to come. I mean, I think this is how it's going to be. Um, anyhow, uh, I, um, I thank my callers this morning for their good insights, great insights, actually. Good questions, a lot of unknowns, but concussions are with us and they are going to stay with us. We got to make sure things are done the right way. Okay, I got to go. My thanks this morning to Anthony Gallo for running the show. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. Sports Radio 101.9 FM and Sports Radio 66. The Fan WFAN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.